There's a market. There's a lot of podcast markets that we haven't broken into yet. Is that a crunch mug? Where? Right next to you. Oh. Oh, this old thing? Get stop. I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, it is. When did you get that? Like weeks, months ago. Months ago. They're weeks? for our there are for our patrons. I just haven't sent them out yet. So you're using it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Guess what I did last night for the very first time? Went to a party? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> this is really re- referencing the podcast from the past. No, I'll give you a hint. It was, uh, I was near some well-oiled lanes. You went bowling. I went bowling, but I didn't go bowling oh for the gosh, first time. Guess what I did okay. for the first time at the bowling alley? You got a strike. And then perfect game. No, <laughs> so you're Those are the fluctuating only things. between. Uh, I got a turkey, three strikes in a row. Oh, just first in time, time for Thanksgiving. Just that's good. Just in time for Halloween. No, that's so funny because it was good. Usually, when people say "guess what," mm-hmm. in a way, in a way to like kind of protest the the stupidity of asking someone "guess what," it's mm-hmm. just just tell me the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll usually guess some kind of bowling related. Really. Yeah, so like sometimes people would be like, "Oh, guess what I got today?" I'll be like, "A new pair of bowling shoes." <laughs> to the point where the point where whenever she says, "Guess what?" she prefaces with, "Not anything related to bowling." <laughs> guess what? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, oh, so I should the start one doing time, that. The one time I didn't do that, it it's was actually, actually about bowling. bowling. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so funny. I no, so it was hilarious because I I I bowled three strikes right out the gate, and the last strike, the third strike that I got. It missed the front pin, so I turned around. I was like, ah, I didn't get the turkey. But the guys were watching the lanes behind me, and apparently mm-hmm. one of the pins flew around, hit the back wall, come back, came back, and hit the front pin. And I missed I missed the most incredible strike of all time because I was disappointed you gave in myself. Up too soon. And they turned around, they're like, look, and I was like, What? And oh, everybody was freaking out. And then I and then I bowled a nine, and then I bowled another strike, and everyone was like, Ethan, what's going on? I said, I don't know. This professional bowling thing's pretty easy. And then I immediately <laughs> bowled a gutter ball, like right after that. But uh, Pride cometh before the fall, as we learned scripture says. It's, that's literally what somebody said to me. Um, <laughs> and then my friend Johnny that was there, he he has this method. I find bowling to be fascinating, by the way. I, I it think it's incredible. Honestly, the stigma around why would you go bowling? We have so many better things to do. Forget you. Bowling is fun, okay? And it's hard. And it's hard, and you can get better at it, and that's exciting. So my friend Johnny, he takes the ball, right? And instead of bowling, like, straight, like with his arm, he flips his hand way. He flips his hand around, and he flicks it up so that there's backspin on the ball. So yeah. it, it looks bizarre because the, the normally you see the holes moving towards the pins, but instead the holes are moving backwards. And yeah. he threw it like they were 20 mile an hour balls that he was whipping down the lane and he was getting <laughs> strikes and he just turned around with this like sheepish look on his face. Like, yeah, I'm backspin Johnny. And it was, <laughs> it was just so funny. Backspin Johnny. The, the boys had a great time at bowling last that, night. That that's all I have incredible. to say. I think, I think we should do more things like that. I think that's what American needs, right? We're in an age where we don't spend time together. We check our phones during podcasts. We, I was turning it on airplane mode so that <laughs> so you wouldn't didn't, text me. And so get you the... <laughs> didn't, didn't get that ringtone. We, yeah. uh, we do all sorts of things to try and cover up our loneliness. And I think we just need to go chuck some some balls with holes drilled in them down some well-oiled pine. You know what I mean? Just some well-oiled pine. I love a good pine. <laughs> <laughs> um, today was one of my most productive days ever. You're kidding. Last night. Because most productive days start the night before. That's the that's the rule. Right. Last night, it was like 8 p.m. I was done eating. I'd gone okay. to the gym. All right. <laughs> I had finally finished. I had finally finished my eating, my intake for the day. <laughs> my eating ritual. I had finished eating dinner, and I was like, you know what? I'm getting kind of tired. I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock. And so I did. Wow. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m., and I'm going to get to work. I'm going to get to work at 7 it takes me four five minutes to get to work. So no, I woke up at like five thirty, and then I, I went to work, and I was at work before the sun was up, and I already done. I already accomplished two tasks before sunrise. Wow, that's always yeah. a good feeling. It was great. 
And um, yeah, I finished reading the catechism today. The whole you started and the finished? whole thing. Are no, you? not started and oh, finished. Okay. I started reading the catechism a month ago. Gotcha. I finished it today. So uh, what's your what's your review? How does it hold up? Uh, I'd say like a three out of five. All right. That's <laughs> I could write it better. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's good. <laughs> it's good to it's good to get like the um, the the wide scope of like what I'm supposed to be teaching my students. Sure. You know, it's like, hey, these are all of the things. This is the structure. Mm-hmm. But the point of reading it was not just to like, you know, say that you read it. Say that I did. It was so I have an outline job. too. I, I outlined everything um, mm-hmm. for every article. Mm-hmm. For every there's a Roman numeral and yeah, yeah. the articles are divided by Roman numerals. For every Roman numeral, I wrote a sentence that summarizes it. Oh, nice! So that so I you were like systematic look. about it. You weren't just yeah. casually flipping through, yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. the scintillating parts. No, I wasn't. I wasn't just skipping to the good parts. I was. I was doing it so I could. Um, so if someone was like talking to me about, let's say the death penalty, mm. I would be able to I've say, "Oh, I know exactly where that's in. That's in part three, section two chapter two i know it's in there because it's because the because of the way the catechism is structured and then someone will say oh you sound like a nerd i'm not gonna ask you any more questions <laughs> i'm not gonna ask you any more questions dummy this guy is too much time if i'm planning a youth night and it's on yeah. like the holy spirit i know which part of the catechism to look at so i'm not nice. flipping through the index so that that was a thing i wanted to do and i feel really good not just because i accomplished something that i wanted to do since i was in high school it's that i know now that i have enough like motivation and discipline mm. to write a plan out mm-hmm. and then stick to it and finish it at a specific time. Real so stick to itiveness. Now I'm just moving on to the next thing. I'm proud of you. Look at you. Thanks. Did you? I did something that I've never done before in my life. Two things that I've never done before <laughs> in my life. Bowling. <laughs> Besides bowling. So that is also has to do with productivity and, uh, feeling proud of myself do you notice anything different about my room behind me there's curtains those cu- yeah baby those curtains let me <laughs> what tell a, what you a, what a help what a helpful addition for our audio only podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> oh man audio no, curtains mean a lot curtains, curtains mean a, a lot let me tell you what i got three so here's what happened right i go to target and i walk curtains. i walk by the curtain aisle and i look down and i kind of get seduced into walking down the curtain aisle and I say, how much could a curtain rod cost? $5? And then the curtain rods were $2 each. And I say, oh, boy, we're going down. And I said, how much could one curtain cost? I was like, probably, what, $15, $20? Found some curtains for $8. So I'm just saying, Target Room Essentials, they know how to, how to treat they a guy. Know. You know what I mean? They, they know how to treat a guy right. <laughs> so I, I, I took, the, uh, took the drill from the Newman Center, which is amazing. I learned that I could be a shoplifter, no problem. Stealing is amazing. Because I – no, I, I – <laughs> I have, you know where that is in the catechism? I work, Part three, listen, <laughs> section I, two, I work two. there. <laughs> I work there, so I have permission to take it. But I walked in, took it, and then walked out. And I felt like – you remember the scene in Ocean's Eleven when they're walking out with the money? This is the exact same thing. That's how I felt walking out with this drill and the music was – That's how I felt like George Clooney flipping the visor up, looking all confident. Anyway <laughs> – so I got the drill and I talk, brought it home and I spent probably, you know, an hour lining them up, drilling them in, hanging them up. And then all of a sudden when I turned my lights off last night, it was the first time since I lived at home that I had curtains in a room that I lived in, like uh-huh. back in high school. Because I didn't hang up curtains in my houses in college. It was just a waste no. of time and money. But since I, you know, have to pay for heating and other such things, uh, it was really dark and it was really warm. And I think, uh, yes, you you may have succeeded in one way by reading the catechism, but I think... Uh, <laughs> You're going to save your electricity bill. Who's winning here? It's me. Vote in the comments below who you think had a better better week, me or Patrick. <laughs> I've, been thinking, I've been thinking about putting up, putting up curtains in my house, but the problem is I know you have to drill curtains into the wall, and I don't know... You could thumbtack them if you were really kind of wanting to live on the wild side. Yeah, but that's the thing is like... I don't know how many holes I'm allowed to puncture in my apartment. <laughs> like, I want to know. Call up uh, your before, landlord. I, 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 was, I had leaks. a question. How many Hopefully, holes? How many holes are allowed? Because, like, I've already got one. It's about the size of my fist. Uh, <laughs> new, unrelated. Mo- new Call of Duty it. just came out. Totally unrelated. <laughs> totally annihilated. Um, yeah, I also found my checkbook. I didn't know I had checks. What do you mean? 
I found a checkbook like that I that I had that I got when I first opened my account. Right. And I I haven't I've been paying my rent via money order, which means I have to go to Walmart <laughs> and like. <laughs> it's what year is it? Nineteen fifty four. I know. Gotta they were go like, they're the... like, oh, you could pay by check or money order. And I'm like, well, I don't have one of those things. Head so on down to the grocery store and get yourself a money order. <laughs> what are you talking on. about? On my way back from getting a war bond, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bubbly just went up my cans. nose. Oh, oh gosh, I'm voting for FDR for the fifth time. Oh, I have carbonation in my nasal cavities. That's what you want. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you want. We live in an age of Venmo and Cash App, and you're going and getting a money order at Walmart. I know, right? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's because it's because I uh, I live I live in an apartment complex now, mm. and they're not in the 21st century yet. When I had like a, a regular old landlord who just like bought houses and rented them to college students, he was like, "Yeah, just Venmo me your electric bill." That's fine. Also, utilities in Steubenville are stupid expensive. But that's that's fair. Conversation for I time. was I was in Manhattan, Kansas this past weekend to visit my brother. <laughs> the best some, Manhattan. Some people say I was in Manhattan this weekend. They go, "Oh my gosh, you were in New York!" And I said, "Ah, no." You understand? Don't you? Also, wish. this is much more exciting than the little apple, <laughs> baby. The little apple. <laughs> I'm visiting my brother, and I went to his apartment because this is the first year he's lived off campus. And across the hall from his apartment is this – somebody has taped a sign up on their door that says, I work nights. I have a kid. Do not make noise or you'll wake the beasts. <laughs> and I'm like – and then there's a big sign that says noise and then a circle around it and a cross through it in red. Um, and so I have a couple questions. <laughs> is the beasts – like do you have dogs? Are you going to sick the dogs on me or are you the beast? Is your child the beast? I think the child is the beast. That's what I got from That's, it. Which is terrifying in and of itself. But the second question is, is if you have to work that schedule, and I understand people are in different situations, why would you live in a college apartment complex? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like there are yeah. other places. I know. I've lived in Manhattan long enough. I know that there are other places in that town that you can live in that are just as cheap and not surrounded by college students. <laughs> so that's because that's where I lived my senior year. Um, so I'm like, why would you choose to live there and then force everybody else to be quiet at peak like time for college students to make noise? You know what I mean? Like they got in trouble one day because they were watching football on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Yeah. And making too much. And they, he sent the kid over to knock on the door and say, could you please not make any noise? And it's like, all right, I guess for you, Billy. <laughs> but like, wait, his kids are. Come on. How old? I was thinking he had like a newborn that'll cry when he I, wakes up. In the I don't know, but apparently the dude's like fifty, according to my brother. So I'm like, oh. what? There's so I had so many questions, but I do have a lot of questions now. Suffice it to say, kind of weird. Kind of weird. <laughs> that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Also, now that you mention it, I didn't think I didn't realize that curtains might help me with my electric bill. Yeah, you're welcome. Mine said energy saver on the package, so you know that I'm getting a good deal. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. It had the little lightning thing with the arrow. It did. Actually, it's exactly what it had. I just How keep my know? thermostat on off all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. because it's at right that's it's right at that sweet spot outside where you it's love like the sweet spot. It's like not. It's like room temperature outside. You know. <laughs> really, it's been in the yeah. 30s all week in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Gross. Which and it's been rainy. Ugh. Ew. I don't want to be one of those weather guys, but come oh, on. Man. Let's let's do let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about the weather, maybe. Come <laughs> on, on our podcast let's... that'll come out a week after. Hey, the who wants listen, everybody come around. Oh, Ethan, do you got some jokes? No, I want to talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. No no more comedy podcasts. Oh yeah, baby. This is a what is it called? It's a weather cast. Cause forecast. I was gonna say cosmology, but that's like b- being a beauty person. Yeah. Is there, astrology. Is Astronomy? There a meteorology. This is a cumulonimbus podcast starting right now. I think I think we should say it's a forecast. That's funny. There's a weather joke for you. Anyway, I wish I could go back in time and make that joke not happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's do... hop into the hot take yeah, time machine. Great. <laughs> foreskin cast there we go that's what i was like yep yep it had to happen eventually i think we should probably cut that out i think we should leave it in hot take time machine is a segment where we a lot of you you got you and i have different (laughs) different opinions on circumcision (laughs) 
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> Alright, so we have to really leave all of that in and on. Um Hot Take Time Machine is a segment where we take a look back at the prime of social media posting. If you have a hot take five years or older, DM it to you at the Crunchcast on Twitter or Instagram or email info at the Crunchcast.com. Patrick, take us away. Okay, on January 14th, 2014, I posted on my Facebook. Okay, I guess I was I was in I was in high school at this point. Sure. I posted Oh the Fury of the Manhunt. Oh, the terror of the hunted. <laughs> what? I don't know what I was referring to. Is that I in think reference I might have been referring the, to the game Manhunt. The, or maybe the short story, The Most Dangerous Game. That might have been it. I was about to say that because that was the same year that I was reading The Most Dangerous Game. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That was, well. years, that was years after. But yeah, oh the, <laughs> oh, the fury of the manhunt. Oh, the terror of the hunted. <laughs> Did you play Manhunt? In high school? I did. Did you? Um, Wait. No, I didn't in high school. I played it once in college. But oh. <laughs> I sorry. I can't remember if I... No, I think I had... I was like home. I had to stay home one weekend when my friends played it, and they came back the, on that Monday. They're like, we played Manhunt this weekend. It was so fun. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, that sounds cool, guys, I guess. Thanks for <laughs> inviting me. Um, but I wasn't really a big... I was never one to play those games where you had to drive around. Because oh, they had yeah. what? They had Manhunt. What was another one? We used to play Airsoft with Airsoft. Did you have? Were you in a car and you had to go around and shoot at people? Sounds like a fun, healthy game. <laughs> yeah, this was this was this was 2011. This was before a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, this is before any shootings happened. <laughs> yeah, except for that one. <laughs> except for a lot of them. Except for most of them. <laughs> so, you just wanted to bring up Manhunt. You don't have any yeah, stories. It, it wasn't as funny as I thought it was. I just, I, I just read it and I laughed because I, I, it just came out of just nowhere. I just don't know why I posted it. Mm. So yeah, that's my hot take time machine. <laughs> Great, they Patrick. can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Thank oh my god! I should have a backup just in case one of them flops. Well, it's, it's not that it flops is the thing, right? It's that like it should be a launching point to a greater conversation. To a greater about conversation. What you did, you know, and so it's like ah, manhunt. And then we point at it, and then we kind of poke it with a stick. And then I just remember, I remember Manhunt was a big deal when I was in Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember. I just don't remember if I ever played. I know, I know, kids used to talk about it like they were in the actual military. Like, oh yeah, you guys know Carl Miles played Manhunt, and mm-hmm. the way they said it made it sound like it was incredibly hardcore of a game. It's but really in reality, not. it's just hide and seek. It is hide and like, seek. Can with we all cars. acknowledge it? Yeah. Do you use cars in it? Oh yeah, absolutely. We never used cars. That's, oh, what do you mean? The whole point of the game is that you. You take people and you – maybe I'm thinking of a different game. But you yeah. take people and you blindfold them and you drop them off somewhere and okay. you drive away. And then they have a part, pair of people that they have to call and without like looking up Google Maps, try to figure out where they are and tell them to come pick them up. And whoever gets back first wins. Okay. That's the game. That's not That's not what I've no, – what, what do you that's play? That's not at all what I've <laughs> We played Manhunt. We would send someone into the neighborhood at night, and uh-huh. we had to go find them. Or the woods. Oh. We find them. See, that's fun, too. That is fun. I like yours better. May- no, I'm thinking of Hostage. That's the that's the, what oh, it's okay. called. Hostage. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Mine is no, see, that sounds like a life skill. It was, yeah, it was amazing. But, like, <laughs> you would kind of, you'd be in a group of guys and girls, and you'd hope that you get stuck with the girl that you like. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, but then you get stuck with like some dude who sweats, and you'd be like, "Hey, what's going on, Jeff? <laughs> Good hanging yeah, out. Like, Good hanging out so with you in this dark forest." That that game would be hard to play in my hometown because I mean I don't really know many places that where people would drop you without like you exactly knowing where you are. Yeah, because like it would it would take about a thirty minute drive to mm. actually get somewhere. Interesting. Interesting, and then yeah, but that. That does sound how about, fun. How about you just live in a cooler place, huh? Wow. All right. Listen, <laughs> you, you're in you're in Kansas. There's it's flat. Ah, oh, I'm got sorry. me. So oh gosh. When you played Manhunt, did you just run and then you had to yeah. hide? Was there an we objective? Just ran, and I was just, 240 pounds. I was very bad at it. You just have to hide until somebody finds you, or do you like have to get back to a place? 
Yeah, it was like that. It was like you would you would have a head start, and uh-huh. then there's like a home base, and okay. the person who's it has to. Or usually it would be like different teams, so the team right. would have to get to the home base, and like someone from the home from that team would have to get to the home base before getting tagged, and that I was see. manhunt. Yeah, I missed that. It was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. You ride bikes in the neighborhood. Bikes are good. You know, I never had when I was growing up. I never had enough friends that were my age to do stuff like that in my mm-hmm. in and around my neighborhood. I was. There was one girl that was older than me. So when I was in like middle school, early high school, like prime age to do those things, she was late high school and college. And then there was a girl that was like four, three or four years younger than me. And so she was like just barely out of the age range where she, her and I would have like mutual friends and stuff. And so it was, I was in this weird middle zone and I didn't have any friends that lived anywhere near me. And so, and like all the kids that I did know that were in my neighborhood that were my age and like were cool, you know, we just, uh, we just weren't pals. Mm. And so it was, I kind of, I look back on those days and I say, ah, what could have been if I grew (laughs) up on a, in a woodsy, you know, hilly neighborhood. Woodsy hilly neighborhood. No, this neighborhood, I remember I would, I would play my friend Daniel's house. Oh yeah. And he lived, he lived in like a a suburban, like subdivision-y place the only thing of interest was in in neighborhoods in florida there's lakes everywhere lakes yeah there's just lakes you mean like, like ponds yeah like reservoirs marshes random reservoir no they're like they're like purposeful tributaries deltas yeah and the like sigmas <laughs> and the like um but yeah that's that's what we played sometimes they would sometimes kids would talk about it at boy scouts and of course playing playing manhunt on boy scout camping trips made you feel like a woodsman of course you know? And it's all about feeling. Boy Scouts is about nothing if not just feeling like a woodsman. Yeah, it's about it's a, it's about feeling like Ron Swanson, although none of us had watched that show yet. Yeah, you know, it's about it's about feeling like you're a man. That's what the whole that's what the whole totem chip is about. You know, mm, I don't know what Do you that do means. Boy Scouts. The I did. Toten, I was a weeblow. Okay, it's as far as I made it. The tote the totem chip is this little card that you can carry that says you can have a knife. Oh. It's the closest I ever got to a concealed carry. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. It made it made you feel incredibly powerful. And then there was the fireman chip that you the, could that said uh-huh. I know how to make a fire and right. not make sure it doesn't burn down the entire forest. Do you have to hold these chips all the time? Don't they jangle together and reveal your location to the other, you know, woodland creatures? <laughs> no, they're they're pieces of paper. They're oh, cards. They're not chips. They're not chips like AA chips, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're little cards you keep, and then if you um, <laughs> if you break any rules, you get like a corner cut off of your card, <gasps> and then if you get all four cut off, then you get your card taken away. Oh so, wow! So like one of the rules was you couldn't have someone you you couldn't use your knife, and have someone in your blood circle. Uh huh. You what you would do is what's you a blood take, circle? You would take the knife and you would hold it in your hand outstretched, okay. and then you would spin around in a circle. Oh. Which is safe. Which is already safe. And then if, <laughs> if no one is in that circle, then the you blood can use circle. your knife. Okay. The blood circle. Right. And then you also couldn't like apply any force towards you with the knife. Of course not. Which That's just makes just sense. Yeah. Like no turning the knife on yourself when everyone in Boy Scouts makes fun of you because of your weight. Oh. <laughs> so I have a question. So let's yeah. say I have the knife chip. Yes. What's it called? The, the totem to- chip. The totem chip. And let's say I stab someone. Are they just going to cut the corner off of my card? <laughs> they cut a corner, a single just corner. Just one? One stab no, equals one take cut. Your, they would probably just take your You're card telling me i got to stab four people to get my card revoked. <laughs> so, Boy Scouts is hardcore. <laughs> so the, there's a couple things that I worry about when it comes to Boy Scouts, right? First of all, the fact that there's this thing called a blood circle. <laughs> that is common knowledge. It sounds incredibly big. It's very it's kind of ritualistic. The second thing is I remember vaguely being hoisted in the air and flipped upside down and having a pin pinned to me. Yeah? Okay. And so my question is is the Boy Scouts Masonic? The Boy Scouts <laughs> is definitely Masonic. Is it really? Oh, hands down it is. I I don't see I, I I didn't get deep enough into the ranks. So when you become an Eagle Scout, do you like have to eat an eagle and drink its blood, or like what's the <laughs> what's the deal with that? Because I got out. First of all, we all know that in the lore of masonry, that's where the animal Weeblow comes from, right? 
Really? I don't. Well, when I when I say we all know, that's that's a sign to say that nobody knows. And I don't know what a Weeblo is. Can you please tell me? <laughs> what is a Weeblo? What is it? Can you look up Weeblo? It's like W-E-B-E-L-O. W-Q-U-E? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Um, is it one of those animals that shows up behind a pentagram? Weeblo is... Oh, oh, oh. Oh, this is good for the audience. Weebolo is a portmanteau of wolf, bear, lion. No way. Yeah. So okay, so that's... The initial structure of Cub Scouts was wolf, bear, and lion. So it's a chimera. Yeah, and so now it's it's given a backronym. Okay. Okay, I don't know what a backronym it's is. It's just an acronym that's created after the word exists. Okay, gotcha. It's like retconning to we'll be loyal scouts interesting that's what it is so so you're telling me right that they're taking eight-year-olds and they're subliminally programming them with these weird animal hybrids and telling them be loyal to the scouts be loyal to the scouts and then they have and then they teach them about blood circles and then you have to drink eagle's blood to get to the highest rank (laughs) it doesn't sound good to me yeah all of these things are confirmed (laughs) i if you're an eagle scout right now you're 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 teething what is it called teaming no you're upset (laughs) seething seething thank you that's what it is no there's this thing called order of the arrow that always sat that always looked kind of masonic oh no order of the arrow drive an arrow through the heart of you have to drive the arrow through a heart of an eagle scout and that's how you get into (laughs) order of the arrow oh man no somebody's like people we definitely have listeners who are super into scouting and they're gonna absolutely yeah that's okay i apologize if it's not masonic but if it is it's definitely not Masonic because everything is like public record. But um, sure. the Order of the Arrow has been just around to for throw about 100 years. Uh, it's positive youth leadership under the guidance of selected capable adults. Mm, so I sounds think Order like of Gnosticism the Arrow like, to me. I don't know what Order of the Arrow is, but I know they were always like the guys in charge of things at camp. Sure. You never did Boy Scouts? I did Boy Scouts. We went to. Like, I did a. I did a bit of. I did a bit of Cub Scouts, but I. I don't think I made it. I don't think I made it deep enough to consider myself a Boy Scout. I got the computer pin uh-huh. for computer proficiency, and that's the one I was most proud of. That's cool. And look where we are now. I remember I remember that in order to get the Eagle Scout, I had to take like a citizenship. It was like citizenship merit badge. You have citizenship of the community, the nation, and the world. Ah. And citizen of the world seemed a little too globalistic, little, new yeah, world little, government sort of thing. So I was like, nah. We don't like that too much. Unitas. None of that Illuminati crap. None, none of Unitas. that. <laughs> it's kind of scary. A little antichrist here and there. Yeah. Uh, not good. Not good. I would like to share my hot take. Please do. <laughs> okay. See, that's a little, oh, I got there, a little yeah. story in there. We yeah, did good. Yeah, that was good podcasting. Good job, Patrick. Um, January 11th, 2014, about the same time that you tweeted your. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was around the same time. Around the same time. Wow. We're kind of maybe link, linked up. Uh, Maybe I was tweeting this at you. Who knows? (laughs) I remember when being immature was funny. Then I graduated from middle school. Oh, that's such a good cell phone. Do you know who liked it? Who? My personal finance teacher. (laughs) I remember when being immature was funny. Then I graduated from middle school. It's, uh, I'm sure when I in when I did this, it was like a severe own on like I was really blasting somebody. Yeah, really. Uh, but looking back, in retrospect, just myself, someone on Twitter was always a bad idea. <laughs> um, but unless they're like wrong, you know. Unless, but here's the thing: is like a subtweet is like the worst way to blast someone because just tag him, you coward. Everyone gets to see how angry you are, and no one else gets to, like, be angry with you, you know? It just takes all the enjoyment out of being angry publicly. Yeah, I know. It's like, at least when you're angry and you, like, talk to someone about it, they can be like, wow, that's, like, really immature. That's, like, really bad. I can't believe that person did that. And then you can say, I can. They do it all the time. And then Part you have, of the like, reason why, why Trump was successful is because he just shared his anger with everybody. <laughs> and he just held held back no punches and so people were like oh finally something i can participate in you know i've read roughly three books about good job the trump administration oh gotcha in the past week and it's been crazy 
What is like that? It's a bunch of, I read a bunch of like tell-all books from like former staff members, oh. and like people that worked in the, really? in the federal government. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy. What kind of stuff do they say? Um, so two of them, two of them were like pretty negative, but they they were they were very level-headed. Mm-hmm. They just they had like few interactions with President Trump, mm-hmm. so like it was they were all bad interactions. But the one that I'm reading right now was. Um, one of his very close staff members for about two years Mm -hmm. and during the presidency. And so he has the entire book is interactions with Trump. And so it's kind of cool because you get to see like who he is as a person Mm. and like his good sides and his bad sides. So that I I feel like I'm coming at him as like much more of a, a, of a uh, balanced perspective, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah, the, the jury is largely negative. I'm, I'm, I can't say that I'm surprised. <laughs> it, it's coming. It's coming back as a as a as a ooh oh no no not as a person okay as a as a president no Yikes. not at all. yeah the the biggest the biggest problem with like the uh, so the two books that I read were by the FBI director and the former deputy director mm-hmm. and they were talking about like the way the president uh, expects loyalty yeah personal loyalty. Mm. which makes sense in business to an extent yes but not in public service yes because the fbi does not need to be personally loyal to the president especially if they're expected to be objective right and so that that's that's one of the that's like the main concern of that i have about the president from these books is that he seems to ask for personal loyalty as opposed to loyalty to the constitution and justice but that's just because he's a businessman right now that might raise some questions whether or not only businessmen you know like someone who's just a businessman should be in office you know yeah i don't really have a take on it because i haven't read the books i haven't read anything i barely know anything about politics yeah, um, but I love how you just snuck a little Professor Patrick's book nook into my. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's interesting. It's good. Maybe Trump should graduate from middle school, and maybe he won't be going to oh, church there anymore. Is. <laughs> there is a connection. Um, I want to talk about Kanye. Perfect. Me too. Because I think it's important, and it's not really a tweet that made me sad. It's just, and there's no way that we could go through every single tweet that's been about Kanye West and all the takes that people have said. Um, did you listen to the album? Oh yeah, all the way through a bunch. Okay, of times, yeah. What did you? It's what not would, very long. It's not. It's only 27 minutes. What did you think when you first your first listen? What was your first reaction? Oh, nice. This reminds me of Ultralight Beam, and then. I we don't like, want no devils in the house. We <laughs> want the love. love. <laughs> I love that. Um. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. I I was like pretty neutral up until um the end of god is and mm. right before hands on mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh this is so good and that's when i started texting leah murphy because uh-huh. she had been tweeting about jesus king and um oh we should probably bet for those of you who don't know oh yeah Kanye west is an american recording artist <laughs> <laughs> no uh, Kanye West recently go- went went on record and said, "I'm only making gospel music from here on out, and I'm not swearing any more of my music." And he put his project Yandi on hold, which is a portmanteau. Another time I got to use that word today Proud between um, Kanye and Gandhi. He's done the same thing with Jesus, Jesus. with Kanye and Jesus. Um, one time he said, "I am God." Uh, <laughs> So that's a bit of a backstory of who Kanye is as a person. Yeah. Um, and so he decided he had, apparently he had this big conversion and he's only making gospel music from now on. And there's, he released a, a, a full length LP, uh, Jesus is King. Mm-hmm. And it is all about Christ. And have you watched the Anthony Fantano review of it yet? No, I thought it would make me mad. So I didn't watch it. It didn't make me as mad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. He did wear his red flannel. Oh, so it's a big it's a big deal. 
Yeah, so I just know that I, that uh, Anthony Fantano, the internet's busiest music nerd, best teeth in the game, uh, Melon. I. He's not the kindest towards Christianity. No, he's not. And so it's like I kind of figured where he would land on the album, and I didn't really desire to watch it. But what did he? What did he say? So he made a. Uh, he brought up a few good points that I want to like highlight. Things that I agree sure. with him on. Um, He's kind of he's kind of he doesn't like goofiness in music. He does. I noticed not. that with his review of Chance, he no. didn't like Chick. He didn't like Clothes on Sunday at all. Right. He was like, "This is so stupid." To be fair, I but didn't think it was that great either. But I thought it was. I thought it was funny. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not okay. <laughs> it's. I don't hate it, but you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, so he actually he actually came out favorable on Christianity because of Hands On. Uh, Kanye Kanye says a couple of times, what have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first ones to judge me, make me feel like nobody loved me. Mm. And um, first of all, like he, he brings up a good point that like there's 2 billion Christians on the planet. Kanye can't pretend to know what every single Christian is thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like I know that he anticipated a Christian rejection and kind of like maybe felt indignant towards that. Um, and Anthony said that this might be like left. He, he, Kanye, Kanye West is a textbook narcissist. Yes. It, it just, I mean, it happens. Absolutely. Right? And that, that's, that's something that narcissists tend to do when they embrace faith. They feel like they have a martyr complex, right? So they, mm-hmm. they like take their faith and like, oh, you're, you're attacking me because of my faith now. Like you don't believe me. And so I, I, I did get that vibe from that song. But on the other hand, it's like, I'm sure that he's heard that from people. And mm-hmm. then he also talked about the the people in the rap community who think that he's like on something that he's yeah. so like he feels rejected from two places. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like you can hear in that song. Definitely like pain. The yeah. next one of the next lines is I deserve all the criticism you've got. Don't throw me out. Lay your hands on me. And I, and that was the part that I texted you. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. This hurts. Yeah. I. I think it's so interesting because he also, in a way, predicted the response that he got mm-hmm. as soon as the album was dropped. Instantly, you have people saying, well, we should kind of be cautious about this guy's conversion, you know, because he he talked about some bad stuff in the past. Yeah. And this is why Kanye West is so interesting to me, because back in whenever College Dropout came out, he had Jesus Walks, you know which mm-hmm. is a song about God, a song about his relationship with God and struggling to, you know, um, I'm scared to talk to you because we haven't talked in a while. And, you know, I'm not really trying to turn atheists into believers, but like I want to be able to talk about Jesus, you know. And so he's been wrestling with this idea of religion for a long time. And like even on my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he talks a lot about the devil and like there's a lot going on yeah. there. And like it's just like a recurring theme of him – and even most recently, the album, the Kanye album I've listened to the most is probably The Life of Pablo, which is supposed to be a kind of a Kanye comparing himself to St. Paul Saint in Paul, a lot of yeah. ways and him really wrestling with desiring to be in relationship with God and desiring like faith, but being stuck in yeah. what he's been doing for so long, you know, and then comes out like th- this week about how he kicked his pornography habit or is trying to kick his pornography habit. And he's mm-hmm. was exposed to it at a super young age. And that has affected everything he's done for his entire life. And you, you start to get a picture of this guy who yes, is narcissistic. Yes. Uh, very materialistic living in the world. Um, and unfairly treated by a lot of people because of the things that he said and the situations that he's been in. When I was in high school, I did a, I did a monologue from one of Kanye's interviews with Jimmy Kimmel once like for <laughs> an acting class. So I feel like I sympathize with him because I like yeah. had to act as him, which is funny because uh, he was talking about like rejected kids, you know, in the back of the classroom and being creative. And, all. and so he's he's very smart, but he also you can tell. And I think I don't think the, the pornography addiction should be something that's like minimized because I think that has a lot to do with how somebody ends up viewing themselves mm-hmm. and viewing other people and viewing women. And then when you start to get a lot of money, people start to pay attention to you. It's really easy to just sink into the narcissism. And so, like, the question now is, do should we keep saying, like, watching all of his interviews and encourage him to keep 
you know, speaking out, or should we say like, yeah. hey, maybe go sit down for a while, you know, go take a yeah, nap. Yeah, go on a retreat. Go on a retreat. But it's hard to, and this is why I tweeted the thing I tweeted the other day about the USCCB should assign Kanye a priest. <laughs> That's know? not a joke. That's he not should. a joke. Like, get a, get a CFR. Just say, you're, you're with him now. Go follow him around. Because he needs direction. That's what Paul got. Yeah. Right when he converted, he wasn't just, like, sent out, like, oh, you're converted now. I, I texted you right after you tweeted that. I was like, Sherry Waddell in Forming Intentional Disciples talks mm-hmm. about how when people get to the threshold of curiosity and question asking, people often say, like, oh, you're converted now because, mm-hmm. like, you want to know Christianity. You want to know Christ. That's great. Welcome. Here's a ton of responsibility. We're yeah. really trying to get Christians, so, like, make sure yeah. that you start going to get some Christians. And it's it's, yeah, so... I don't think the first of all, I haven't seen very many people saying the whole are we sure he's converted? I've seen I it haven't a lot. seen that. You have? Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. From I've seen a Yeah. Catholic. I've seen a couple the only person I saw say stuff like that was uh Steve Skojic, so that doesn't count. But it does not count. Like, he hasn't counted. But he, <laughs> um well, the question that we should be asking is, okay, you've crossed the threshold. Mm-hmm. How do we get you to discipleship? Like yeah. how do we make sure that this is a permanent thing? Because newsflash, none of our Christ- none, none of us have a permanent Christianity. There's no such thing. No. Any one of us could all could decide to live a life of sin tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Like could tend towards that. Nobody just flips, but like anyone could start on that path today. Mm-hmm. So we we all need we all need some sort of evangelization, right? So like mm-hmm. why don't we give that to Kanye? I do think the USCCB if we if we don't have a if we don't have if we don't have the ability to like put a priest on a celebrity who obviously wants one like that. That's ridiculousness. Yeah. This we reminds me a lot of the Joker movie. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the, I'm trying to remember what you just said. Cause you said something. Oh, did you see the, uh, cause I think especially with like a, a person who's famous, right. And who is this, I think it's important to talk about this because it's very rare that we see someone in popular culture in America have this drastic of a conversion, right? Yes. That's regardless of where Kanye is at right now, where he was before and where he is now are very, very different places. It's true, yeah. And he is probably the most influential hip hop artist in the past twenty years, I would say. I'd say he's up since, there, yeah. Since Tupac died, you know? Like <laughs> Don't tell him that. Honestly, yeah, like no other, almost no, because you have to think of all the times that he's been in the popular culture with yeah. the Taylor Swift, right? When he said that George Bush <laughs> hates black people. When <laughs> I'm serious, when he There's like. There's never, yeah, you're right. Every time Kanye's on TV, it's, it's. It's important, you know, it's something's important. happening, right? <laughs> Some conversation is starting because of him. And so I think it's actually a good thing to treat this with with care and attention we shouldn't just say oh he he can worry about himself like let's actually talk about this because it has ramifications did you see james corden's interview with him when he took him and the choir up onto the plane no you should watch it it's fascinating because he because james corden is the is the british dude who puts people in cars and talk and sings with them karaoke i've never been interested in any of it but i watched this one (laughs) and he's asking kanye he's like what do you do you not go out to the clubs anymore like what do you do on a night out and Kanye says, well, I go home and I play with my kids and I put my kids to bed and then me and my wife go to bed. She watches Dateline <laughs> and then we go to sleep. And James <laughs> Corden's like, so your wife just watches Dateline and, and you just go to bed? He goes, no, I read, I read the Bible at night. That's what Kanye said. And James Corden is flabbergasted. He cannot believe that Kanye reads the Bible at night. Before he goes to bed. Before he goes to bed. He's like, you, you just sit there and read the Bible? He goes, yeah, I, I just read the Bible. He's like, that's all you do? Like, yeah, that's that's it. And then he pivots because he doesn't know what else to ask him <laughs> about that. And he starts asking about, like, do you want to have more kids? And Kanye's like, yeah, I want to have, like, seven. And James Corden just can't Keep handle. it up with the Duggars. Exactly, right? <laughs> the Duggars and the West family hanging out at a television show. <laughs> Jehoshaphat, stay away like from 45 North. 45 and TMZ just have, like, a oh. reunion. <laughs> Gosh, that would be so funny. I would oh I'd be pay-per-view to watch the Wests and the Duggars hang out. Anyway. Hilarious. Instead um, of instead of uh instead of Jake Paul versus KSI, it's the Duggars versus the Wests. I, I oh gosh. 
we're going to, we just spoke that into existence. Some, some exec somewhere is going to hear about this. <laughs> so the whole point of that, right, is to say Kanye in some ways is further along than we can tell. And he's not as far along, you know, we also have to recognize that a lot of this has happened over the course of, I mean, the life of Pablo came out in 2015 and he had some mm-hmm. mediocre albums since then. And now he is where he is. Yeah. And so a lot has happened in between now and then. And so we know that he's like reading the Bible. We know that he's trying to evangelize. We know that he is speaking out on social issues and other things and interviews and stuff. And the uh, bringing it back to the USCCB thing, what I don't understand and what really baffles me is why do we have a conference of bishops <laughs> who are just indifferent to this sort of thing? Yeah. Who just are like, ah, let's go – and do more charity work. Not that that's bad, obviously, you know, but it seems like they just exist to kind of say, you guys should give to the poor more. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you maybe, know who would do a really good job giving to the poor? The guy that the talked guy about who, how he got a $68 million tax break last year. Exactly. Oh, my the, gosh. It's, it's baffling to me that there's this disconnect, especially in the Catholic Church, between this huge thing that's happening right now that lots of people are talking about and just yeah. a just silence like no maybe we'll get a bishop baron video out of it maybe <laughs> if we're if we're unlucky and so we know we're going to get a father mike schmitz i we have to but that's not enough and that's what makes me upset is are we trying to strategically evangelize the country yeah. or not right are is this is the we can make jokes all we want on this podcast, but I'm upset right now. Yeah, because you think like you and I can't like reach out to Kanye West. No, but we and, have like, be like, hey, you want to hang out? Right. But like, if a bishop or a cardinal sent him a letter, he yeah. would get that. The thing is, is that already we saw Joel Osteen inviting Kanye come come to my church, come spend time with me. Right. Christian leaders in the Protestant circle are reaching out to him. Yeah. Do you know how powerful it would be if a Catholic bishop said, Kanye, I want you to come and do a Sunday service, you know, in one of our cathedrals. Not Maybe during not mass. That. We just, we should just, they should just talk to him. Maybe. That's, that's all I want is for like a, a, a charismatic bishop to just sit down and talk <laughs> to him about his faith. Sure. Have a threshold conversation. But I'm just saying, what just if, talk to him. I'm just saying, what, what if? if, what, what would if? it mean to somebody like that to get the, to get even a, a, a yeah an interest in what he's doing and what he's searching for. Cause if we just kind of ignore him and say, ah, that's the Protestant mumbo jumbo. Then, then we yeah, lose, I, then we lose that. everybody who's following I've heard him that too. From people. It's like, Oh, he's just like Protestant mumbo jumbo. It's like, well, look, it's not a complete faith. He's not going to have a complete faith until yeah. nobody stumbles into the Catholic church. no, you can't. You said you can't. He's not gonna. He's not gonna trip and fall into the Catholic Church. You said because because his wife took a picture at an Armenian Orthodox church. I did say that. That's nonsense. It is. It doesn't make any sense at all. We and, gotta do so. Hey, if you're a bishop and you and, and you I listen to this you podcast <laughs> and you you wanna you wanna talk to Kanye, we'll give we'll run your playbook. We'll tell you what to yeah, do. You hire don't need me. To worry about nothing. celebrity outreach for a diocese because. What he needs is not a public invitation. Okay, that's to I do. agree with you. I agree with you. He doesn't need a public invitation to like come to a concert because you need. We need to make it clear that we care about him. Yeah, that we love him. Yeah, that he that he is cared about and he is loved by people who right. he doesn't know because that's the Christian message. That's incarnational right? evangelization. That's seeking the person like mm-hmm. you desire to love them more than you desire to change them. Yeah. And I see so many people that are like, oh, we t- if we just change this about Kanye, stop. No. Love None Kanye. <laughs> and uh, the same thing goes, yes, with him, but Joe Biden, right? It's like mm-hmm. the exact same thing. Everybody's pissed off about the whole, oh, he's communion denied, all this stuff. Like, has anybody sat down and talked to Joe Biden and like showed that they love him? I have a friend who did. Great. Yeah. I, cool. He was, uh, he was a seminarian, and he met with the president and vice president. And the entire time, the vice president was talking to them about his views on abortion and wouldn't let them get in, let like get mm-hmm. a word in edgewise. Mm-hmm. And my seminarian friend got up and just hugged him. Uh-huh. 
And the Secret Service was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Joe Biden was like, no, it's fine. And they just like hugged each other for like two minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was it. Uh That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. It's like if you have a chance to influence influence someone, like just show them God's love. Because Kanye is doing what Kanye does. Kanye is trying to evangelize like Kanye West. He needs to evangelize like Jesus. Jesus, He's doing Sunday service. He's he's making an album. He's selling it. He's charging the prices that he charged because <laughs> <laughs> because that's what Kanye does. Uh-huh. But we we can't we can't just like evangelize him the way Kanye evangelizes people. We need to evangelize him like Christ, and that involves a personal encounter with him. He's yes. the rich young ruler. Absolutely, hands down. I I like that. I like that a lot because I it's it, it, like I said, it doesn't end at Kanye. It doesn't end at public figures like the bishops need to be setting an example for the laity of like, this is how I'm going to love somebody that I disagree with and that I don't think is doing the exact right thing, but I want to know Jesus Christ regardless of where they are at on the, on the faith spectrum, right? If they're a commissioned disciple making disciples, they need to be loved in the same way as someone who is far from the church and seeking answers. And so we have to acknowledge that like, yeah, we talk about that, how we're in the culture war all the time. And we're not like even kind of are you saying like the church isn't engaged in the war at all no i'm i mean okay maybe not we're all not the catholic church should be or it should be but it's extent. not like yeah. father father harrison has been tweeting about this all the last yesterday and and today about how the new evangelization has just become the new catechesis <laughs> yeah. and i think he's he's so right is that we're taking all of this energy and all of this time and pushing it towards, let's teach people what the baptism is. And that's fine. C- good job. Proud of you. But you're you're not you're not putting any energy into there's a bunch of people who are walking around who are being told how to live by music, TV, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. And we're the best that we can offer them is like a vlogger who likes Tolkien and tobacco. And an old priest who watches Tarantino movies. You know what I mean? Like that's that's all that we have. And it's just yeah. it's crap compared to what we need to be doing. But it's because you can't mass produce Subscribe to my YouTube channel for good content. You can't mass produce evangelization. You can't. Um you can mass produce teaching people how to evangelize. Mm-hmm. And that's being done, which is awesome. Yeah. Ascension Press sponsor us. But yeah. like <laughs> They just released something that's like a pretty a pretty solid way to like teach people how to evangelize their own parishes, which is yeah. awesome. That's great. But you can't mass produce conversion unless you're the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, that's some that's another topic for another day. But I think you're right. We need to we need to start. I think we can't do this. So this is kind of like a hey, if anybody's listening who can, just do it. But. Mm-hmm. I think if the church was able to establish personal relationships with people of influence, like politicians exactly. and celebrities, yeah. this whole culture war would be yeah. going a lot better because the yeah. culture war now, what does it consist of? It consists of Baylor Barshall and <laughs> Michael Boris mm-hmm. just screaming about stuff to their, fr- their followers. Yeah. And it does nothing right. Or yeah. it consists of documents and bureaucracy yeah. and like Pope Francis. Po- and yeah, like, you know, and talking about of bishops recovering talk- wooden statues from a river. Yeah. And the culture war consists of like, hey, what if we had women doing this? And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not the, no. the culture war isn't fought if, if it's a good thing at all. I don't even know if we should use that term anymore. I don't know what but the term is. I don't even know what it means, honestly. Like, how, how are you going to fight a culture? But the way the way you make you the way you build the city of God, the way you build the city of God is with living stones. It's with people. Right. Mm. And so you should evangelize people that aren't yet living stones. <laughs> you know, they're just dead stones, regular old rocks. Patrick yeah. That That's you're, you're, you're <laughs> great. Yeah. I, it's, it's all about relationships. I mean, I do the same thing on campus. I'm, I'm not here to try and like get everybody to listen to my podcast and get everybody to listen to me talk. I'm trying to build relationships. Yeah. So it looks like on the surface, Ethan, what do you do all day? You looks like you just play ping pong and pool. Sure, I do a lot of that, <laughs> but I'm trying to build My relationships. My reward will be great in heaven. I'm trying to earn <laughs> earn the right to be heard when I talk about Jesus. Yeah. And I think there's so many people who are trying to talk about Jesus that have not earned the right to be heard. 
just because of the nature of mass media, social media, um, TV, podcasts, whatever it is, right? You can send a podcast to somebody, but whoever's, whoever's speaking into the microphone, like you might send this to your friend, you listening. But I haven't earned the right to be heard from your friend. By them. Right? Yeah. You probably have, and you're choosing to send them this podcast instead of having a conversation with them about the gospel. And like, that's that's as far as stuff like this can go. And if you're that friend, I have one thing to say to you. If you're that friend who got sent this podcast, I have Patreon. one thing to say to you. Patreon.com slash the crunch. <laughs> Welcome. That's we're how we're going to earn the right to be heard is yeah. by us earning that coin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I There is a limit, and we need to acknowledge the limit of, of technology and the limit of media. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what this whole Kanye thing is really getting at is is people desiring media and music and culture to do more than it actually can. Mm-hmm. Like people want the album Jesus is King to convert. And it might start good conversations that lead to something, right? But the only reason that those good conversations happen is because somebody has a relationship with somebody. Because yeah. – and the, the only way that somebody has a relationship with somebody is because they've been created by – God and God has reached out to them first and said, I desire a relationship with you, you know, and that's the only way any of this works is because it all comes back to that. And so, yeah, the media might start a conversation, but if you, if you're, if you're listening to Kanye West by yourself alone, you don't have any friends, does it do any (laughs) good? Does it do anything? No. So I think it's the same with this podcast. Maybe maybe we've been podcasting for three years to no effect. It just doesn't do anything, and we just need to go out and be friends with people. I mean, I think I don't it's know. had an effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's had an effect on my bank account, baby. Baby, we're rolling in it. That's As in, I, I spend more than I make. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one thing that this podcast is good for is that it starts conversations. Yeah. It's like us having conversations that other people don't have, um, that I don't get to have on a daily basis. Yeah. You know? Because that's just how it works. I sit at my desk and I write things and then I go talk to kids. Mm-hmm. I it, It's funny because I have a 40-hour work week, work week, right? Work but I have two hours of actual evangelization a week. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah. That stinks. There used to be more, to be fair. It used to be a lot more. Like there 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 I used to have like I used to have youth night, Bible study, and um we did hangouts over the summer. And sure. so summer is definitely school more year's time, hard, but yeah. Yeah, school year's tough because we also we only we're only doing youth group right now. We cut Bible study just because it was too much at once. Um and only one kid was showing up every week. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Stuff's going I, I think I think I can see what you mean in like earning the right to be heard. Like that definitely happened in the youth ministry over time. Yeah. It's like these kids they want to come back and they personally apologize when they miss youth group to me, which is hilarious. They're like, I'm so sorry I wasn't here last week. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's fine. I don't Just love you. Make sure it less. never happens again or I'm gonna <laughs> cut you out of youth group. You're never gonna be allowed to come back. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think – I don't know what I think anymore about any of this. I just – I want people to know Jesus. I do. Jesus is king. He is king. One one thing that one thing that um, Sadthony Fantano, uh, the best teeth in the game, said that stuck out to me was um, that this is not a gospel album. It's his personal journey. Yeah. And I think I think that brings I think that brings an important point that I would like to end with. So yeah. that I, this is my last point is That's that fine. like this this album shows a man in transition. It doesn't show a man perfected, which oh, is yeah. important because it needs it needs to show people that Christianity is not. It's like it, it's 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 an actual embodiment of what we mean when we say. It's not a it's not a museum of saints. The church is a hospital for sinners, right? Like that that's a reality that we say a lot and put on t-shirts and like to post and because it makes us feel like, Oh, the church has room for me because I'm such a dirty, dirty sinner. (laughs) It's like, no, no, no. This is what it means. Someone who's and someone who is actually might not be someone that's easy to hang out with someone that might actually legitimately cause scandal and 
make you uncomfortable, right? Like some yeah. of Kanye's songs I've had to skip because they're incredibly sexually charged, yes. right? And it's like, no, this I is cannot, this is too much. I cannot listen to the Bleach song. No, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> can't do it. No, it regardless it. of how it hot the beat s- is, it doesn't matter. It, regardless of how, of how tight that song is, I just cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just can't listen to it. Um, so, yeah, this is a man in transition, which yeah. is good. And I'm looking forward to hearing more from him in the future. Because like, he gave an interview and he was talking about, like, he was like, we all need to convert. You know, like, we all need to change and I need to change. And, like, I might listen yeah. to this interview in a year from now and say, oh, that was self-serving. That wasn't serving Christ. Damn. I just need to keep making sure I'm serving Christ. And so yeah. this is a man who's changing, but this is not a man who's safe, like, who says, I'm good where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so why should we say you're good where you're at or expect yeah. him to be good where he's at? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't even expect that of ourselves. So, like, this no. is a man who's transitioning, and he knows it. He knows he's on a journey to mm-hmm. become Christian, and so we should support him, and we should do everything in our power as the most – as like the most influential organization on the planet to get him to heaven. Yeah. All I'm saying is Pope Francis should reach out to Kanye West. <laughs> I guarantee you he would. Invite him to the Vatican. That'd be crazy. Kanye would love that. <laughs> uh, I like what you said about how there are people that are uncomfortable to hang out with. Yeah. Because that's a lot of people. It's like not ideal or cool or fun to spend time with this person or that person. But the reality is, is either that person is going to be with you forever in heaven or they're going to be in hell separated from God forever. And so if you have a chance to be a part of their life in such a way that helps them, right, that you're able to speak truth into their life in a way that leads them closer to the gospel, leads them closer to Jesus, then you should do it because, yeah, heaven is worth the awkwardness, right? It might be really awkward <laughs> for a— 60 or 75 year old 70 year old white bishop of the catholic church to sit down with kanye west might be a little probably gonna have very few things in common exactly it might be really but that's gonna be awesome (laughs) and it goes the exact same thing with donald trump joe biden um whoever the sarah silverman you know like whoever whatever hot you know person is on right now that is totally disagreeing with us or slightly agreeing with us but not all the way um are you willing to to have the uncomfortable weird conversation and that and that goes all the way down to the person that sits next to you on the bus or the train or the person that you see often enough where you're like ah this is just really i get weird vibes from them when i talk to them i don't like talking to them that much it, it doesn't matter because they have an immortal soul does that affect how you live like they're going to be dead one day so like are you going to love them or not cuz either you're going to ha- you're going to love them forever or they're going to be separated from you forever. So pick one. The bishops need to call yeah. a synod to discuss what Bible study curriculum is best to give to Kanye and Chance the Rapper. <laughs> That's- he, needs, he just needs alpha, bro. <laughs> That's what just, it is. If you just give him alpha, uh-huh. if you just send a, a, a focus missionary, if you just send him the amazing parish you know, evangelization mm-hmm. plan, Kanye will be he'll – be, he'll be in. We got to send in our best guys. We got to send in top men. We got to send in our best guys. You know who we got to send in to evangelize Kanye? We got to send in Matthew. Ka- no, we got to uh, send hey. in Dave Calavita. That's who's oh, going to get Kanye honestly, to heaven. If it were anybody, maybe that guy. Maybe that guy. Hey, David, if you're listening, and I know you aren't, go hit up Kanye West. <laughs> San Diego and Los Angeles are close, right? Yeah. Yeah, close enough. I, uh, I don't really want to talk about anything else. I feel like I'm I'm good for the day. Yeah, we at least we we'll save all those questions, save all that content for next time. For next week. This was this was good to kind of get back to the roots a little bit. Uh, yeah, have a bit of more of a classic conversation because I think that's something that needed to be had, right? Maybe you listen to this and you're like, I don't you, care. You're like, I don't care. But um, even if you think that this is going to blow over, like the Kanye has a soul, so this is not without consequence, right? And the, everybody yeah. who listens to him and is influenced by him has a soul, so this co- this conversation is not without consequence. This is not a news story. No, it's He's it's something person. that it's much yeah. more than that. And so maybe this helps. Maybe it doesn't help. Maybe you think we should go back to comedy. Well, I think that, maybe you heard this already on clerically speaking. Yeah, probably because Father Harrison, Father Anthony <laughs> probably say it way better than we said it. No, they're talking about it. They're not talking about it this Friday. They're talking about it next Friday. Oh, they're they're too, they're too late. Yeah, they're too late. Maybe you will help hear all this on clerically speaking. Maybe they'll listen to us and be influenced by us. Who knows? 
Hi, Father Anthony in the future. <laughs> um, Don't listen to this before your podcast. Yeah. Or at least reference us. I'm just saying, if you think that we should go back to doing comedy, thank you so much. That's the biggest compliment I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> All I want is is to make people laugh. Um, if you if you enjoyed this conversation, you can listen to our other podcasts. You can send them to your friends. Uh, every suggestion that you make, we donate $1 to a charity of your choice. And that charity is our patreon.com slash the crunch, which you can <laughs> <laughs> which you can put put money in there. And All charities actually go directly to our Patreon. Who would have thought? Very, yeah, I know, right? It's weird. The Twitter.com is a place where you can find me most of the time and Patrick some of the time. I'm at Propostle and Patrick is at the Crunchcast. He just runs our Crunch Twitter. You can also follow him at Catholic at, Pat if he ever decides to Catholic reactivate. Pat. Boost my numbers. I'm only 100 away from beating Ethan. So. What? How do people follow yeah. you even though you're not tweeting? I closed the gap. How? Ethan, a year ago, Ethan had like a thousand more than me. Yeah, I really, I, I slowed down. He sped up and now he's slowing down and I'm trying to speed up, but I keep running into a wall and it's I, every couple yeah. of weeks I get canceled about something different. So <laughs> I'm just going to, every couple of weeks I got to tweet about how I don't like Harry Potter just to uh, keep my numbers. Every couple of average. weeks you got to talk about how your rosary always gets tangled with your headphones oh, and then people will give you that mad follow. Yeah. It's <laughs> sick, dude. It's nasty. It's f- hilarious. Uh, I think that's everything. I don't think I'm missing anything. We were on an episode now. of the Quizzical Papist podcast. We do is like a game show that we got to answer questions. I had a ton of fun. Um, I had a ton of fun. Yeah, you had a great time. We 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 almost beat Catching Foxes as far as the highest point total of all time, but uh, we won't spoil the ending. We won't spoil the ending, but it's a close one. Pat, do you have anything else for the people? People, I just want you to know, you're my number one. With the lemonade. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We prayed for you, and we will see you all next week. Yeah.